Good morning. I'm so excited to be here with you. It's really um, an honor, and I've really missed you. For those of you who don't know me, uh, my name is Jessica McCoppin, and I am a former member of Wellsprings and a previous worship leader. And I moved to um, Durham, North Carolina in August of last year. So it's really great to be back. So about a decade ago, I was um, working in the mortgage business as a loan officer. And one day I got a phone call from a woman named Carla. And as Carla got on the line, um, she very intensely told me about um, her desires for a mortgage um, and how difficult it would be uh, because of some complications that had gone on with her previous lender. And she talked about her short time frame to get this done. Um, And she shared with me her high expectations and just this kind of sincere um, but no-nonsense hope that I could be a person that would help. And the conversation was pretty intense. Um, Let me add to the uh, story that she was also, she worked in the office of the top mortgage executive in the country. So no pressure, right? Um, And so I was feeling a bit intimidated, um, but also curious. Um, And what I can share with you is that Over 10 years later, Carla is one of my best friends in the world. And what I love about Carla is that direct knowing of her goals and her expectations and her willingness to dream really big. And Carla and I also have something special in common. I think it's pretty special. So we were both born on the 27th of a month. So we both have 27 as our favorite number. And so for about the last eight years, Carla and I have spoken the 27th of every month. And when we talk, um, we check in on each other's goals and our visions and our hearts. And so, you know, we'll talk about the progress that we've made from one month to the next. Um, We'll talk about, you know, what's going really well But we'll also talk about what's difficult and what's not going well and maybe what's getting in the way and how that feels. And, you know, sometimes part of the conversation is challenging each other to step up and into our lives. And so during one of our recent um, 27th check-ins, Carla shared this quote with me. Dream big, but focus small. And Carla's pretty darn profound and powerful, so I knew it was something good, right? Um, But I didn't quite know what to do with it. So I've been carrying it around in my heart and in my pocket and just figuring out a way to understand it more deeply. And so when this opportunity came up to come spend a Sunday with you, I was really excited. Not only because I love this space and I love singing with you all and praying with you all, but because I got to come back and be a part of something that was happening when I left. Um, So in the six months before my departure, we were having these meetings, these DNA recharge meetings. 
and I got to take part in a couple of them, but then I didn't get to see them to their end, and I didn't get to see the final product. And so to come back and to see how it all ended up was really exciting. And so the, the lay preachers who are working on this message series got the opportunity to choose um, an element of that new document that means something to them. And so I chose one that isn't new, but that has been recharged um, and updated. And so one that, the one that I chose now says this. We embrace a large vision in intimate ways. Teams and small groups will be the primary way our vision and mission are embodied. Spiritual formation, belonging, and faith development for our children, teens, and adults will be nurtured through our small groups. And I was drawn to this one for a couple reasons. Um, first, I was really inspired by the intentional highlighting of the youth of our congregation, not just as members of families, but as people, right? As people who contribute to the Wellspring's vision of making this world whole. And so I would ask, I would wonder if the children and teens of the congregation wouldn't mind standing up for a minute. Just want you to give us a wave, show us who you are. Stand up, please. You won't have to stand for a very long time. And adults, I would just ask that you take a look around at these young people. And you, you probably know some of them well. You might have even given birth to some of them. You may have taught them or shared meals with them at a table. You may have clapped for their events, right? And you might not have had an opportunity to do so yet. So I just wanted you to take a moment to behold these young people in our midst. You all can sit down. Thank you. But I'm going to keep talking to you for a moment because I want to say thank you to you. I want you to know that um, you all, the sharing that you've done, has made me more whole. I've learned from you. I've listened to you. And the way that you do you is really remarkable. I love the way that some of you dance while the band plays and sings. I love that some people are so excited, and I saw you just about get up and bolt out the door for youth spirit, and I love that. I love that there's so much excitement from the youth in this room. And so when I got to Wellsprings, um, you're given an opportunity to think about how you want to get involved. And I made a personal but intentional choice not to get involved in youth spirit. And that's not because I don't love children. I do. I did it, I made this choice, because my life was full of children. I had spent years um, directing a youth cooking program, and I taught kids to swim, and I volunteered with youth-focused organizations, so I kind of like stepped in the other direction and decided to get to know the adults. And it was worthwhile, but I, I I didn't have any idea how much the youth of this congregation would mean to me if I didn't spend time with them every day. Um, but you all have touched me uh, with your bravery. People, the youth of this congregation have stood up on this stage and they have talked about their struggles with feeling bullied or alone. They've talked about their journeys with gender identity. 
they have talked about struggles with physical and mental health. You have shared your artwork and your talents and your wild and precious lives. And I've had the joy of getting to know some of the youth better than others. And it's been really impactful for me. So I remember the day that I offered my first full-length sermon here. And I was totally freaking out. And Jackson Phillips, I thought I was going to be able to not cry, (laughs) came up and walked during the middle of service to give me a hug and to tell me how proud he was of me. And Jackson and I have had some of the most heart-opening conversations. This is a real guy with real ideas that can change the world. I've also spent time with Justin, who is away playing finals for baseball. And every time I talk to Justin, he just amazes me with his patience and his self-awareness and his kindness. And I've had so many of these small, wonderful moments with the youth here. And so I'm so grateful for what I've learned from you. And you all are incredible. And there's also this piece of me that wonders what it's like to grow up in a place like Wellsprings. Because I did not. I went to a very, very strict church. And there was no dancing allowed. There was no singing songs that you might actually get to hear on the radio. There were no preachers with tattoos. There were no uh, ministers and board members who were women. Right? And there was definitely 100% no um, classes about healthy human sexuality. Right? That did not exist. And I know there are other adults in the room who did not grow up in this tradition. And the fact that there is a liberal, vibrant, spiritual community like this is still a marvel to me. And for some of us, we grew up in repressive traditions that squashed down our authenticity and our discernment for the sake of obedience. And so the fact that I get to come here and participate in a faith that encourages people to discuss and evolve the covenants that we hold with one another is truly powerful and life-changing to me. And we know that um, the places that you spend time regularly have an impact on you. And so some of you may know this man, DeRay McKesson, and his famous blue vest. And in his book, On the Other Side of Freedom, He talks about his spiritual journey growing up. And he talks about the fact that he wasn't super sure about God. And he didn't always want to go to church on Sunday, which is how I felt a lot of times growing up as well. But what he knew was that church was the one place that he could go and he could see black people singing, dancing, and being free. He knew that it was a place that people could come together and express their sorrow, and their joy without hesitation. And that people could share a moment that was strong enough to get them through the week. DeRay talks about the fact that as a young black boy, he had difficulty connecting to this idea of uh, the portrayal of a blonde-haired, blue-eyed savior who died for him. But he heard about it every week. 
So he had some disconnections, but the place where he truly connected was that he could see magic in his community. You know, he couldn't, again, he didn't have a strong connection to this idea of a far-off God. But at its best, his church community reminded him of this. The X-Men. And the X-Men are a superhero team in the family of Marvel Comics. And they are a group that have been cast out because of their looks or because the world feared their power and skills. And as a young boy, he understood what it meant to feel different and to look different. To feel like an outcast and maybe even a mutant some days. And he saw that the world could make you feel pretty constrained because of those things. So what he appreciated about church was that it was a place that you could come and take off your mask and put down your armor. And you got to learn and rejoice and lead. And he felt this force field of connection through music and dancing and through planning and organizing And the fact that he would show up somewhere, and each week someone would rejoice in seeing him. He also saw that sick people got healed because folks from church would bring food and a good word after service. He saw that gardens were planted by a few hands, but they fed multitudes. He also saw women in church that reminded him of his favorite X-Men character, Storm. And she's a goddess who can control the elements. And these women, to him, showed him the power to lead people through almost impossible circumstances. He recognized church as a place to be powerful, not because of being touched by some unseen hand, but because of the power of small groups, the power to create a vision and to hold each other accountable and affect change. And these experiences led to his life's work, as a community organizer who has been applauded by President Obama. And in 2015, he was named one of the world's greatest leaders by Fortune magazine. He understands the power of teams and small groups, that we are able to embrace a huge, sometimes intimidating vision in very intimate ways. That the world changes by dreaming big and focusing small. So... I'm wondering if you've ever had um, the day where you you wake up and and things are going really great. You know, you make your to-do list and, you know, your outfit and your hair is working for you. And, you know, there's just enough milk for the perfect bowl of cereal. And you find everything you need to get out the door. And then you walk out the door and you encounter the world. And it all goes downhill very quickly. And you think, this day would have been really perfect if I didn't have to see anybody, right? If I didn't have to talk to anybody. And maybe it's just me. But this is often how I approached my own spirituality. I would think I'd be super happy to go to church if no one was there. Like, if they could just hit play on the message and we sit in this quiet space, it would be so awesome. Or I would be really patient and holy if, if if people could just leave me alone, right? 
But that's not how the world works, right? And this is not a recipe for spiritual enlightenment. You know, we know that silence and meditation are powerful tools, right? Uh, But we also learn that we can't recognize and honor full humanity doing it all by ourselves. I have tried, so take my word for it. Spending time in small groups and working in teams requires that we bring our ragged and sometimes jagged edges into connection with someone else's frayed edges, right? And we learn how to soften our edges and open our ears and our hearts. And we learn how to recognize other people's struggles and their celebrations and We learn how to stand and be still while people recognize ours. And we get to see in real time that our actions have consequences. And sometimes they're positive and sometimes they're painful. And small groups are the testing ground for our human journey. It gives us a place to practice creating a shared vision and to rely on the strengths and the contributions of others, to value others, their level of experience and insight. And it shows us that the responsibility of a group is to hold a vision and to hold each other. And this is the work, the the heart work that happens in families, that happens in sports teams and hopefully work teams and church groups and you know, organizing uh, for communities. DeRay shares that what he learned from participating in small groups is how teams really work and how decisions are made and that magic is not only possible, but that it is real. When we have the opportunity to practice our humanity in that in-between space, magic does happen. And it's kind of like Goldilocks. So, Very small can be too small to have a diversity of thought. And very big can be too big. It can be overwhelming. You can feel like you're unseen. But somewhere in this magical middle space, you're required to show up and to contribute. And you get to learn from others who don't think like you. And we learn to compromise. And we learn how to step up and step back. And I think these lessons support us in our dealings with groups of all sizes. The churches that I grew up in um, were definitely short on cool music and tattoos, uh, but they weren't short on Bible study, that is for sure. And I did a lot of it growing up, but I have to say I approached it kind of like a gladiator sport. So it was a contest. It was a memorization contest. And I really liked to win. So that was my approach to Bible study. But there was this one scripture that every time I heard it, it it did something to me. It made me feel something very deeply. And I wrote it down to share it with you because my scripture memorization days are long gone. And so... Romans chapter 1, starting with verse 11, says this. I long to see you so that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to make you strong. 
That is, that you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. And I don't know exactly what that was making, was stirring up in me at age 12, but what it means to me now is that we have the opportunity to bolster one another. That showing up and opening ourselves is an act of faith, and it is one that makes us grow. While reviewing this message with Reverend Lee, I asked, so what is, what's happening now, right? So we, we've made these new commitments, right? We have restated this commitment to intentionally recognize our youth as humans on the path, right? So what, what's going on? And Reverend Lee was happy to share with me the youth spirit springboards that are going on, um, that are working to foster cross-generational relationships. And she described how the belonging team just finished a series um, in youth spirit and then how similar things have happened with HeartWorks and the awesomely named Justice League. And these new collaborations not only encourage communication between the age groups, but they also recognize that sitting in these chairs right now are worship leaders and tech team specialists and people who will facilitate a springboard one day. The youth in this room are on our teams. And so dreaming big and focusing small not only means uh, allowing ourselves to be changed by the size of the group, right, but by the ages of the people in our groups. And adults, I'm not sure about you, but for me, I will always remember the, the people, the non-parental grown-ups in my life who took the time to see me and to acknowledge me as an ever-changing human who deserved to be seen. I believe that this is the village that it takes to raise both children and adults. In preparing for this message series, I also talked with um, Carol Breslin, and she shared that youth spirit programming is intentionally creating these opportunities to develop what they're calling spiritual buddies. I love that, a spiritual buddy. I feel like I need a spiritual buddy. And she shared this quote Um, with me that has been foundational for the leaders who are holding youth spirit. And the quote in part says this, authentic intergenerationality is not an issue of equal capabilities or accountability, but of equal worth where the gifts and yearnings of all ages are uniformly valued. Children, youth, and adults grow to honor one another as different yet respectful allies in creating a community that is livelier, more expansive, and wondrous than any one group could conceivably create by itself. Wellsprings is a place where we can show up and where we can live our whole lives, not just as members of a family, but as individuals. And I knew I wanted to find a way to actively include our youth in today's service beyond just receiving my thank yous for their awesomeness. So I asked kids and teens who were willing to write an I Am poem. And the instructions that I gave were to write a simple five-sentence poem that tells us who they are and whatever, whatever that means to them. And I'm not really sure what I expected. 
Um, but I wanted to share a few of the wondrous, expansive examples that I received. I am a guitarist. I am a baseball player. I am an environmentalist. I am a writer. I am easily excitable. That was Justin. This one is from Evan, who was here this morning. I am tall. I am creative. I am too fast. I am a history buff. I am smart, but do not pay attention. I am a collector. Casey offered this. I am a panda. I am smart. I am fast. I am Leah, superhero. I am hungry. And finally, this one. I am awesome. I am amazing. I am wonderful. I am great. I am superior. I am modest. (laughs) If you hadn't guessed, that's Cooper. (laughs) So who wouldn't want people like this on your team? Right? So I'm so grateful to those uh, people who wrote these poems. They, They totally made my week and changed my sermon. And I'm grateful. So yesterday uh, was the 27th of April. And it was Carla's birthday and my half birthday. 39 and a half, everybody. It's very exciting. And Carla and I talked, as we do every 27th. And she checked in on my heart and my goals and where I am, and I checked in on hers. And in the eight years of check-ins that we've been having, a lot has happened. I have seen Carla become an author. I watched as at age 44, with significant fertility issues, she was able to become a mother. She started businesses. She was able to sell and buy homes. And she checked a ton of really amazing things off of her bucket list. And Carla has stood witness for me as I went back to school and changed careers and moved states three times and got engaged and disengaged and um, joined a church and started preaching sometimes. So a lot's happened. And I don't know if my list would be any different if Carla weren't in my life. But what I do know is that someone showing up for me the 27th of every month to check on me and my heart to hold me accountable and me promising to do the same for her has been life-changing. As a community, we have the power to show up for each other during youth spirit and springboards and board meetings alike. We have a sacred opportunity to weave together our singular hopes into a collaborative vision. And we take that hope out to the congregation. And from the congregation, we take it to the neighborhood. And it expands and it expands and it expands until it's a fabric large enough to hold all of us. And I think that this is part of the way that we can achieve the very, very big vision of Wellsprings that is built into our DNA, that we're here to make the world whole.
May we enjoy this recharged and refreshed commitment to practice being our wild and precious selves with one another. And if we are lucky, we might make some spiritual buddies along the way. Amen. Will you pray with me? We bow our heads, young and old, in every space in between. We do so in friendship and in faith. We yearn to know and see each other, and we yearn to be known and be seen. We are grateful to walk each other along this path. Amen.